guys, and welcome to the Entro Podcast. My name is Rashid Phillips. I'm your host, and the Entro Podcast is the podcast which introduces you to various entrepreneurs in different stages of their entrepreneurial journey. Now, I know you guys are used to hearing from very early stage entrepreneurs. I'm talking four months, one year, six months, two years in. But today we've got a treat. Today we have an entrepreneur who has weathered the storm for coming up on a decade and has very, very humble beginnings, which I will gladly remind him of. Um, A very dear friend of mine, someone who has helped influence and mold me and gotten me to the size that I am now. Um, If you've ever wondered what it looks like to watch a piece of marble walk around live, this is the gentleman that you need to see here. Uh, Let me so gloriously welcome my friend, Shay. Oh, body. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. Um, <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, that was one crazy intro right I there. My best. I oh my, my goodness. Best. And he's just being like, butter me up right now. I don't know what for. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here with you, man. Um, I'm just super stoked and excited to see what you've been doing and what you've accomplished and you've been inspiring me uh, me as well so that's cool i appreciate that man i appreciate that uh why don't you tell people a little about yourself who you are what you do and what's going on well shay diggs and uh i um part owner co-owner with my brother uh we run a boot camp indoor training facility and um, basically it's a training facility that we get people in Kind of like CrossFit in the sense that we don't have the global gym aspect. We are literally there. People come in, they're getting trained by a trainer, and we get 30-minute sessions of high intensity, and we're in, we're out, and we're getting results with people with their nutrition and everything as well. That's great. That's great. And you said you're a park owner with your brother. And Absolutely, yeah. Keeping it in the family, which yes. is a great thing. I'm, yes. I'm a big proponent of that. But... Um, it wasn't always like that. No, it it was not always like that. That's what this podcast is about. It's those very early stages. And even though you're, you're doubled the time length into this business that the podcast is structured around, I wanted to have you on so people can sort of see that there is a bright light at the end of that tunnel and you to share your experiences. So let's go back in time a bit. Um, for those people who don't know, we met as personal trainers forever and a day ago <laughs> many moons ago many moons, many moons ago <laughs> many moons ago you yeah. had hair i had no hair at that time. <laughs> <laughs> oh no you did not yes. so that, so that goes to show wow was, we were in reverse positions yeah uh, yeah yeah the, the hair's migrated to the chin now for me so <laughs> uh, mine's just going down the back so <laughs> Let's take it back to, uh, what were we called at those days? We were Body of Change, was it? Yeah, it was Body of Change, and I don't know if it was in that weird transitional stage where Body of Change was either becoming its own separate entity or it was being reabsorbed. So some people were wearing Body of Change shirts, and then some people were wearing LA Fitness trainer shirts. Um, Yeah, it was... It was a very different beast back then. Uh, I want to say, what was, what, I don't even remember what year. It's just many moons ago. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we met. I had been a trainer. I actually got my start out at Bally's, um, Bally Total Fitness over in Pleasant Hill. Weather the storm, that was a very much uh, you go ahead and get your clients. If you're hungry, you go to um, basically rack the whole floor, rack the whole gym, squeeze, shake down everybody. <laughs> 
make them want to train with you. And then um, shortly before I could sense like the ship was going, they were going to file for bankruptcy. I could see the writing on the wall. Um, I decided to transition over to LA Fitness where they had a different setup. Uh, they would basically try and put clients in front of you from their new members. And then it was for, up to you to pursue them and, and convince them to be a trainer. And then saw this tall guy, you know, he had a deep voice and he was like, yeah, guys, I want to be a trainer. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, he came on and uh, he was like little brother, big brother. And, you know, you just you just took to it. We were in the, we were in the trenches together. You know, there's a lot of people, a lot of wannabe trainers on the floor who maybe looked like they knew what they were doing. And it, it was just it was fun, but it it was interesting. We were learning. We were both growing and. It was, it was <laughs> oh my goodness phase. my goodness see i'm taking you back down memory lane oh my goodness uh, weird sidebar i got wrapped up in a horrible scandal there as there was a trainer that was impersonating me after hours and that was fun yes oh my goodness yes that's what i'm saying it was fun it was when i say dangerous not dangerous like you know like car chase dangerous but dangerous in the sense that you know trainers you would think it's a family of people, but man, trainers were out there just taking people's clients and imper impersonating people. They're like, "Ooh, I like that Rashid guy," and, and you know, was his name Rashad? It was Rashad. Uh, his name yeah, was Rashad. It was Rashad. And, but and you know what? He's like, "Hey, you're coming for some kind of raw trainer, so yeah. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take this client." <laughs> there's, there's an R in there. Oh dude, my goodness! And dude so legit impersonated me for about two to three months. It was and yeah. It was he a was long time yes. Like, Yes, I had to have a lot. Once once it broke and came out, I had a lot of uncomfortable conversations with some very high up people oh, about yeah. things that I had no clue that was going on. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, that's, that's for maybe another podcast. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Yeah. So yeah, no, you. Uh, golly, what we we were we were working for what was it six six dollars a session. Yes, twelve dollars an hour on paper. Twelve dollars an hour on paper. Six dollars a session for thirty-minute sessions, and I mean, uh, the only other person that had a higher success rate than me was you. Yeah. So the <laughs> things we were able to accomplish for twelve bucks, and then we—I think at one point we both realized, hey, this just isn't mm -mm. good. This is mm -mm. not the move. We yeah. did the numbers, we did the crunches, and even with the signing bonuses and so forth, we realized we can make more on our own. Yeah, so basically the setup for, and most people that are trainers will know this, the gym is the one that you know gets fed. And so basically the setup, regardless whether the client was being charged $30 per session all the way up to, I remember I had, a, I had trained one uh, athlete, a professional football player, um, 60 bucks a session, you as a trainer still get $6 a session. And even then you may not get your $6 in case that, you know, maybe there was some favor that the gym gave them where they said, we'll train you for two sessions. One will be for free. And there was always a loophole in the sense that you may be sitting there waiting for a client, not and your client cancel, even if they canceled within the time that you could technically claim that session, you still somehow would not get paid for that session. So we, you know, we, we were sitting down reading, just kind of sitting here, like thinking about it. My time could be better spent. I could do less amount of time working for myself and make more money or at least break even rather than staying there the whole day getting used by the gym and not 
you know, not benefiting from it, basically being pawns for the gym and not being happy with what we were spending whole time. I mean, eight hour shifts and oh, yeah, we'd get and, there at six. Oh, yeah. And, you know, my cardio was running there that get there at six. They're sometimes still closed. But I'll never forget prior to that. We had an, uh, a realization that pivoting point was like, OK, the system's working us. Let's work the system to where it was. Yes. And, yes. and that was the sort of the early birth of your boot camps. It was, hey. <laughs> I'm getting six bucks per session, per session, yep. twelve an hour. Yep. Well, let me go ahead and group my, you know, two o'clock to four o'clock clients all together and say, hey, instead of a thirty-minute session, exactly, I'm going to give you guys an hour session if exactly. you all come together. And that's when the wheel started turning, and we realized, okay, look, we make more working the masses than we do individually. Exactly, and you know, it's so crazy because uh, any field grows, and I think. That was something that a lot of good trainers started to realize. And a lot of trainers that were willing to take the risk who had that um, goal or that vision to make a living being a trainer. A lot of people say you can't make a living being a trainer. Yeah, there was a golden age of training in a global gym where basically you might be the master trainer and every your books are filled. But even that person, if they truly wanted to venture out and were willing to take the risk and be bold enough, could make you know, two to three times more doing it on their own. And we were just trying to maximize our time. And, you know, you get the clients that really would build a relationship with you. Personal training is about personal relationships that you build with your clients, knowing them to help them strive to overcome their holdups, preventing them from being successful on their fitness journey. So we basically realized that, hey, Clients are coming to us saying, I want to train directly with you. I don't want to deal with the middleman. I want to train with you. And I want to train at this time. And you'd have another person, you know, Mrs. Jones, like, I don't mind sharing my time with such and such. And so, like you said, the wheels were turning. And all of a sudden, I decided, I said, hey, you know, what's the worst case scenario? Because as an entrepreneur, you think that, hey, if I go out and do this, I say, I got I got." You know, all my clients are going to follow me. They, you know, they're talking about the second I decide I want to, sh you know, jump, they're coming with me. And the reality is, best case scenario, you'll get 50% of your clientele that will actually leave the one comfort or the just they're used to it. You know, they, it's changed. So you get about 50% of your clients that will leave. And then maybe uh, another quarter of that will only say, all right, I want to continue to come with you. They'll give it a shot. They won't stick. So. I really lowballed and I said, lowball, will I break even? Because time is money also. So will I break even with at least the monetary thing or with the time thing? If I was doing this in a short amount of time and I was breaking even, it was awesome. So that's when I decided um, I had a few members that they lived in their neighborhood. And I said, okay, well, I'm just going to spend two hours as opposed to six to eight hours and make more yep, because yep. I just grouped, I just did a neighborhood. And it was, it was, it was a grind. It was a hustle. Loaded up the Jeep Cherokee, had a 98 Jeep Cherokee, which I loved, and just threw a big old giant frayed rope, uh, a few small kettlebells. Those kettlebells were not small. I, I, I'll, get to the, I'll get to those kettlebells. Oh, here we go. Here we <laughs> go. They got bigger, but that first, <laughs> that first one that we had, that first set, they were the nice little Walmart kettlebells with a yellow on there. And uh, yeah, maybe later on, but I don't even remember. I think I had maybe a few medicine balls, like three medicine balls, eight pound, 12 pound. The, <sighs> the, the, the little yoga mats out there. And yes. Stuff like that. Yes. Because, uh, after you know moving ahead just a few months or a year even uh, after 
the gym was over, all of this transpired in neighborhoods, and then the the Jeep started making its way down to Piedmont. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Piedmont days. Oh, uh, you know, one thing I would say is this, you know, I, I love training and I was very hungry and I was like, I have no choice. The one thing I know that many entrepreneurs will will say is like you it's you're always an entrepreneur, you're not. You have to stay in the entrepreneur mindset. Otherwise, you're going to be saying, why is this happening? Oh, I'm, I don't want to do this anymore. You have to understand, like, there's a lifestyle that comes with it, and you have to be all in on the lifestyle. And so, yeah, I started in neighborhoods, and then slowly decided I wanted to formulate um, my own company with it. Of course, I was like, well, I'm just going to pay somebody to do a website. Yeah, they were talking three to $7,000 worth of website for something that was even beneath my imagination. So then I sat down and taught myself how to do it through Adobe Photoshop and Adobe Muse and, you know, Dreamweaver too, I remember. Oh my goodness. Dreamweaver was, it was a, it was a nightmare for me because, you know, I, I knew enough to be dangerous, but uh, I made it work. I made it work. And then, you know, I didn't have a model. So I said, Hey, I'll be the model for my, for my, uh, you know, uh, website and I, you know, I didn't have a photographer at a time that was going to fall around. I begged Rashid. I was like, "Hey, man, can you come down with me?" You it know, wasn't a beg. It was like, "I'll buy you Burger King." I was like, "Yo, can I get a large?" He's like, "Okay." And yeah, that was it. And I was like, and I was sitting there in the back of the way, like, "How much gas do I have?" <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, and but you know, looking back at it, it looks so professional like people would be like come up to me and be like hey is it just you and you know the website they're like man your website's awesome your photos are awesome and it was crazy you don't think about it but it was we were just hungry we just yeah. we said we're gonna do it by any means necessary so the travel changed from you know, I was doing it by a uh, by the gym a neighborhood that was very close to the gym too then I went to Swanee Town Center. I mean, I was ping-ponging all over. I put on 50 to 100 miles a day in driving in that Jeep. Yeah. I mean, it, it, and with luggage, with, with stuff in there. And I would go all the way from Swanee Town Center to Piedmont to back to Chastain to maybe coming up to even there was a stint where while I was doing my um, my business, running my business, I was like helping out as a kind of like a interim PT director at a Brazelton uh, Anytime Fitness. So I would go up there, then go back to Tucker to to personal train one client. Then some days I would be up early in the morning doing Chastain in the brick cold and then sometimes I would be doing personal training sessions with a person out in Brookhaven uh, and then we would try to do Brook Run we were all over the place but the one solid there's few solid locations would were Piedmont that was our that was our big one and then Swanee Town Center was was a smaller one but Piedmont and then uh was it Brook Run Brook Run yeah. were were our two spots and Brook Run was a drive Yes, it was. Brook Run was a drive. Like, if we didn't leave at a certain time, I felt like I would always have to cut the clients off short because they were talking. And I was like, we didn't leave at a certain time. Traffic and everything. I think we spent more. It was it was, it was funny how we would make it. I don't think about it now. But one day, I recently, I drove. I was like, man, that was a drive. Yeah. 
That was a drive. That's one of those things that you... And uh, the reason why I like this episode and, you know, going down memory lane is uh, Shay's extremely hard on himself, like every entrepreneur, and he <laughs> doesn't recognize the wins and the successes, but that's why you have to have a, a friend like good old Sheed here to bring you back down memory lane. <laughs> yeah, And all I can tell man. him when VH1 and all of those other major corporations oh. uh, come knocking, I've got all the footage, but that's, <laughs> Delete really, the footage. <laughs> that's really what it was. And he said something here that I hope people caught. The real entrepreneurs caught it and they realized that they're not the only ones. But let me explain for those of you who may not know what I'm talking about. He didn't know how to design websites. The guy who wanted to design websites wanted thousands of dollars. When you're starting out, you don't have thousands of dollars to design a website. So he taught himself how to do it. He didn't know how to do photography. He found a friend and bartered. Me, I'm cheap. I'm a burger and and large fries. It was the Uh, best burger you had, though. It was. It was because (laughs) it's helping a dear friend. Uh, He wasn't an accountant. He balanced it. Social media back then wasn't what social media is now, but still did it and still made sure everything looked professional. When you're an entrepreneur, you wear, what, 17 different hats. Absolutely. People will always think you have a giant team behind you people still think i have a team when i'm doing uh phyllis barbecue co and i tell them i've got friends that help if needed for my events but a post me video me edits photos me captions me emails responses me <laughs> oh and oh, i yes. do all the cooking oh yes but all those other entrepreneurs out there who are listening who are about to get started who have started you're not the only one that is wearing every single hat as an entrepreneur, you're your marketing director, you're your accountant, you're your finance manager, you're everything and the boss and the face of it. So that's just what happens. That is really part of it. That's one of the most integral phases. And I love that phase because once you grow out of that phase, you can speak intelligently on how things are supposed to go. Oh, because man, you've been yeah. through that. Oh, yeah. How many times you will spend hours slaving away? And then, you know, Rashid is right. <laughs> I am pretty hard on myself, as as most entrepreneurs who are really about their craft are. It's never good enough. It can always be better. And how many versions of my website did I go through? I was always working on a new version of a website. I remember when you were just trying to nail the color scheme down. And oh, yeah. And on, like, the dark, the dark color scheme and that, yeah. that bur- nice burn orange and everything yep. going that had the music flowing because we had shot that promo Exactly, board. exactly. And then even that, the the, the uh, way we used the colors for that. And I was always trying to look at what was in, right? You know, what what's the trends that are happening now? Mind you, I, you know, this is some graphic design, deep major type stuff. And I was sitting here like studying hours of websites of just like, what is how what is minimalistic uh, feel on it? How should a, a gym website look like? What are we doing here? What's the style that I want my gym thing to look like? Well, do I have pictures, enough pictures of my members? How do I go ahead and cut this thing in Photoshop? I don't know how to get rid of this background. And so hours and hours and hours, and then you write the code and then you make the images. And then all of a sudden, somebody would say, your website's not doing this. <laughs> you would sit there and be like, well, uh, well, I'm sorry, ma'am. We will have somebody look at it. That somebody was me. <laughs> we'll have IT check that out for you. That somebody was me. I'm in the middle of a session answering, you know, during between two sessions, answering emails, answering, a, a comp- a, you know, complaint about, I'm trying to sign up for your classes. I'm trying to basically pay you money and your thing's not working. I'm sitting here like, I, I'm not near my computer, please, ma'am. Don't, you know, like, you yeah. Because it wasn't iPhones at this time. No. We're talking palm trios. 
Yeah. Uh, and, and, and Crackberries. That's what everything was done on. That's and even the iPhones weren't doing all the things they're doing now. And so you'd, you'd come back and there'll be like two emails of like something that you spend hours on only for it to not work, yeah. you know? And it, it, it's kind of like, I say it's like a movie. Even bad movies, people put a lot of hours in bad movies. Yeah. You know, they put a lot of hours into making that crappy movie and you, like you don't. Holly Berry still got a check for Catwoman. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, she spent time memorizing those lines and everything like that. So you, you sometimes laugh and say like, man, I put in so much work at this thing to work. And you are the person. You are the one wearing all the hats. And, you know, I guess progressing on the journey. And. I think it happened and it happened at a point where it really needed to happen. And, you know, I was just like, think about it, just praying about it. Like, you know, something's gotta, something's gotta, gotta give. Cause I was stretching myself a little too thin driving all over the place. And, you know, the, the Jeep was losing a little gas efficiency. My equipment was getting heavier. Uh, you know, the kettlebells, as Rashid said, were getting a little heavier. So they were taking, so you're going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And you're just like, okay, I need to get to the next level. I need to get to the next level. And an opportunity was presented to me to be, and actually, you, and this is why people say that phrase, you never know who you meet that will come back and be that person that maybe helps you to that next phase. And um, through working at the Anytime Fitness as kind of like the interim PT manager, um, I got mixed in with some people who were wanting to actually get out of Anytime Fitness and actually do a different style of training. Um, they had different goals as far as how they wanted to do nutrition and supplements and their line and stuff like that, but they needed a trainer. And I was like, you know, that's the next step. That's the next big leap, basically, because with that comes, now I'm tied to a brick and mortar. Now I'm tied to, my name's on a lease. Now I'm tied to, I can't run away if, you know, bills are not paid. You know, I could easily say, hey, our gen our boot camp, our traveling boot camp is closed up, as we saw many people. We saw so many people at Piedmont. You remember we saw many people at Piedmont yeah, uh, that what, started what out. people may not realize is he, he's, he's well known now, but Mr. Shut Up and Train wasn't always Mr. Shut Up and Train. No, yeah. He wasn't. He oh, was no. right there, right along with us. You'd be surprised at the world and life that we live. We should probably work on a book or something. But yeah, all of the all the now larger Atlanta known names were not always that. We were all the same cast, the same place, the same time, all hungry and on the same spot. Yeah. Like normally, next training next to each other. <laughs> that's really what it was. And you know, everyone's peeking, seeing whose clients are sweating the hardest, and you know. Pushing them on, like, don't you let that team over there outrun you, you know. But it's, uh, everyone was hungry. Everyone was hungry. And the hungriest of us came out the other side. But we saw a lot of other ones that just gave up. Yeah. And, and I mean, we saw so many people. We saw many, you know, it's so funny. We would see individual trainers pop up randomly. Who's this guy? Who's this girl? Who's that girl? And, you know, they would have their little people following them on Instagram trying to make it popular. Then we would see actual companies come out randomly so we're worried about each other then a company will come out like uh what is it gladiator yeah, uh will yeah. come out and then another company will come out and you're sitting there like i'm worried about these other guys and now we have a bright shiny company coming out competing for the same spot they train they're training their people at 5 15 what time are you training yours and you know wow it's just <laughs> It's something, and sometimes that, that company, seeing that Goliath out there can be intimidating. I know there was an event I was doing for a brewery, and I was set to be the only vendor. 
Uh, but I was informed 48 hours before that the Surprise. owners of the brewery had some sort of deal with another company uh, from when they had opened that other company was bigger and it helped sort of put the brewery on the map. So because of that, that company was part of like the first five years of that anniversary of the brewery. And I was just like, crap, you know, here's this bigger name company has multiple locations, this, that, and the other. You know, I come up there uh, with my pickup truck, Scarlet, and I set up my set. I've got my smoker going, this, and then this company comes in with this monstrous <laughs> box truck, <laughs> oh. logoed out. They, you know, like eight, ten employees come out. They're pulling out all this equipment. It's like they're setting up a, a kitchen outside completely. <sighs> And I was just like, wow. So I'm not going to lie. I felt intimidated for a moment because, you know, it's just it's just me. It's just me and, and, and my buddy uh, Daniel out there got my smoker ripping and rolling. But I sort of got over and said, hey, we're both just out here to serve the people. And wouldn't you know it, I demolished that major company <laughs> because that major company was just showing their face for this event. But I'd been at that brewery numerous, numerous times. I'd built up a rep uh, relationship with the uh, patrons of the brewery and in the area and the location and we just kept selling 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 they had no line all day it was just a, a funny thing to watch that here comes this goliath and here's little david over here with his smoker and stack of hickory and oakwood just slinging ribs and people are loving it and they're just watching on they actually left early and i think that's probably the last time they'll come back out there mm. or at least won't come back with me but <laughs> you can't let those the presence of what you may think are larger corporations interfere or deter you you just have to still chug away because a lot of those places just didn't make it because they couldn't conform or move fast enough because we were in a better spot you know a lot of people don't get when you're an entrepreneur you're actually in the better spot than someone like coke everyone knows now i'm phillips barbecue co previously food coke can't go from coca-cola to coke ice or something or cola coke you know, they, they can't. They're too big. It's It'll stuck. cost them way too much just right. in changing the design on the cans. Branding, yeah. But for me, I can rebrand overnight and explain what happened and keep it going. And that's really one of the things with an entrepreneur, with any good business, too. Um, an entrepreneur, especially, as, as uh, she would said, is in a better position to be able to pivot. A lot of people, they are scared of that word because it implies change, but pivot to continually get where you need to be is really, really important. And as an entrepreneur, you will pivot many times. And the entrepreneurs that can pivot quickly and pivot aggressively will continue to stay ahead of the fray, will continue to get closer to their goals and will continue to rise. Um, you know, it's how many years now and I'm still pivoting every, every opportunity, every chance that we get because if you stop, you're done. There's always somebody else that's going to come out and say, maybe they see you and they're like, hey, my goodness, I see that person doing, uh, you know, something. I can do that, too. And because of what you're doing, they become your rival. Because of what you're doing, they become your competition. Because of what you're doing, they say, hey, we're going to put together an onslaught of a team to go ahead and, you know, challenge this. But if you are able to just stay hungry. If you're able to recognize that that is part of what you chose to do as an entrepreneur, you will understand and say, hey, I see this. Let's pivot. And that's what happened with my company. Um, you know, we got up to about 40 people uh, at mainly at that uh, Piedmont location. 
and mind you, you guys may be thinking 40 people, but rem- hey, when it was starting and scraping, five would attend, eight would attend, oh, yeah. 10 would attend, but you oh, still yeah. have to make that long drive back and forth for five, eight, or 10 because when you're an entrepreneur and you need that business, you it, you do it. You do what you have to do. Oh, yeah. And you know, and, and, and I say this too, and people don't recognize too, like we weren't charging the 10 bucks just show up, you know, like a lot of other people next to us were charging. We were charging you know, 70 bucks, uh, 80 bucks, that kind of money. We weren't charging, just drop in 10 bucks. And that, so we had 40, we had built it up to 40 loyal clients at that Piedmont location. And, you know, I would say 20 to 25 among, you know, collectively among the other locations that we would rotate around. But Piedmont was our bread and butter. And then that opportunity to go ahead and be a part of a, of a franchise um, you know, what's so funny is that when they first, when this group uh, first pitched it to me, they were like, we want to start a, a, a boot camp, a business. And I was like, okay, I, you know, I, I got a boot camp. And, you know, in my head, I was thinking they were going to just slap my logo up on there. <laughs> and, you, you know, uh, they had different, uh, they had a different agenda and it still kind of was in line with mine. And it's like, oh, so you don't want to use my, my, my company name for it. No, nah, we're going to go with this franchise. Um, and it was a it was a learning experience, and it was actually a good learning experience. But we started out with a franchise that was it was not known at all. Mm-hmm. It was barely known. It was it was kind of known out west coast in California, and, and it was not known out here. We literally there was one, maybe two locations in all of Georgia, and we went and saw the guy's location that actually I recently found out is closed. Oh wow! Really? We, we found out. Yeah, I just recently found out he had sold his location, and then the people that uh, the uh, trainer that bought it from him. And recently, I was just informed by a friend that um, whose daughter goes to, who what, had gone to that location. They are no longer in operation. And so it's funny as an entrepreneur, you'll go with, you'll start out with some people. Some people will start out bef- before you. Some people will start up after you, and they may rise and they may fizzle out. And you or you may go years without hearing about them and then meet up at the same spot, um, you know, or it's just, just the journey that you take as an entrepreneur. It's unique. And it's, it's fun and it's dangerous and it's scary, but it's a unique journey. It's, that's an experience there because that goes to show, you, you know, sometimes the franchise is a safer bet because you're buying into a structure. You're buying into something that, okay, let me follow the playbook. I sort of know what's going on. That's why so many business owners actually, buy mcdonald's franchises first so that they know what they're doing and then they sort of take the lessons from there but like you said that guy sold it and obviously the people who bought it didn't have the right people in place in order to continue it because they're not here anymore yeah yeah no yeah so we we went ahead and started at um i believe it was 2014 we went ahead and I learned, I got a crash course in business, I got a crash course in negotiation, I got a crash course in, and I was still continue, would continue to get crash courses uh, in, in, in just being an entrepreneur. I mean, you know, it's crazy because, so I will say this, from experience, always, you're never, never, never doing a bad thing by overriding the, un- the rules of the game. Whenever you bring on new people, Whenever you jump on with new people, they may think that you're being a stickler about it. They may think you're being too much. They may think it's just a let's spit and handshake, but write, get everything in writing. 
get everything in writing so that way you can understand what the boundaries are, what the expectations are, what the time frame may be. And um, that way you're not stepping on anybody's toes. It's uncomfortable and we try to run away from it, but it's the best thing because it saves you heartache in the long run. And I'll say that for anybody who's wanting to join a um, go into a partnership you know some people say partnerships don't work and you know they can and they can't like any any choice that you make but if you're going in any partnership whether it's a partnership with another business kind of like to help promote each other get it in writing document it of some core of some way manner or form so you all know you can refer back and say hey this is what we agreed on are we still in line with that and it saves you a lot of trouble so you know i went ahead uh thank god I went ahead and uh, made them because I was like scared. I was like, I don't want to lose this opportunity. Uh, I want to make sure that I can run this thing and own this thing outright uh, after a certain time. And we got in writing and, you know, we became the first fit body in Gwinnett. And now you think about it, fit bodies are all over the place, oh, yeah. all over the place in Georgia. Yeah. Um, I passed three just going near the wall. Exactly. I mean, uh, and, you know, we've had many that actually have been linked to us or have come from members who decided to oh, go on to open up their own. And, you know, sometimes as an entrepreneur, you'll start out with somebody. And I'm sure many of you have experienced that where you took somebody under your wing and then they decided they wanted to do their own thing. Or, you know, somebody who maybe was a customer. It's like, man, I'm this uh this food is delicious. And then all of a sudden they're like, hey, wait a minute, I can do the same thing. And now you just, because you were giving amazing service, you were making it look easier, you are making it look fun. Now you just sprung up your own competition. So. Yeah, it, it, it happens. But for me, I always look at it as the more of us out there, the better. Absolutely. The more of us out there, the better. Um, I've got someone who will be on the show and he uh, came and spoke with me while I was filming for our web series. And I, I'm fine. I have no competition type thing. I, I gave all the info because if I hang on to it, I can't expect any change or growth. And now I'm right. seeing him doing right. things at breweries. He's doing amazing things right. at various neighborhoods and pop-ups. And I'm so happy because now I'm hoping that someone will see him and he pays it forward as well because uh, you want to 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 nurture and, and, and inspire others to actually act on that feeling because... Yeah, it could look easier on this side, but once you get into it, you'll mm, see there's mm, mm. there's a lot of work. And I'm sure there are some people who said, hey, you know, if Shay can do it, I can do it too. And then Absolutely. they got into it and realized, you know what, this this may not be it for me. Absolutely. Um, but it's still about getting others out there. There's plenty of business and plenty of room out there for multiple right. organizations. Right. And but there's a way to do it. There is a right and a wrong right, way right. to do that. And we're not name calling here, but would you want to touch on any of the wrong ways that you feel like? Well, yeah, you, you said you said it correctly. There's enough for everybody to eat, basically. That's that concept. And, and Piedmont Park was a prime example. No matter how many trainers we had out there, we all seem to somehow continue to get clients. Um, just because people are going to like different trainers, different businesses, different companies for different reasons. I like that color better. I like the way this food tastes better. Their barbecue tastes better than that barbecue. Whatever it may be, or this training style is more of my training style. So, you know, the more you get out there in your, in your field, the more your field becomes prominent and in the face of people, which is awesome. And you have to just make sure that you all 
kind of are going towards the right direction in that particular field. And sometimes they're outliers. Sometimes they're people who are mavericks. But the main thing is you are still in control of you as the entrepreneur. You are still in control of no matter what's going on, are you sticking to your vision? Are you continuing improving yourself? Are you improving your product? Are you improving what you're offering to people? And so, um, you know, there are good ways to do it and bad ways to do it. Uh, you know, so, so basically shortly after we were cranking and rolling, we got a couple of awards for being best in Gwinnett. Many other people saw it, started opening up. We had uh, one, two, three, four members eventually over the course of years open up maybe about seven locations. Um, through that, I ended up partnering with, uh, and this is where I say you're always learning as an entrepreneur. I ended up partnering with uh, some members who took interest and wanted to help me um, out of the other situation that I was with the original partners because they were basically just taking advantage of all the sweat equity that I was putting into it. And, you know, they were just kind of just trying to ride the camel's back. And I, it was kind of one of those situations where you feel kind of like you're back in the gym again, where you're being used by the gym. And so you're just saying like, no, this is not, this is not what I want. And so, you know, I took the opportunity to partner with these new people and get out from under there, but I didn't take the due diligence that I'm talking about with making sure that you're writing stuff. I thought, hey, we write an agreement, you know, we're good. But what was in the agreement, you know? What are the duties of the people in the agreement? What are some things that you never think about situations happening? Now you're in that situation. You're looking at that agreement. You're like, ooh. What does this fall under? What does this fall under? Uh, There's loopholes. There's different interpretations. Well, I know what this means to me, but this may mean something else to somebody else. And is that a little gray area? Should we have written that better? And uh, I didn't do all that. And surely as, you know, as we grew, it became, it changed from Shay's the rock star to, well, we don't like Shay as a person. We don't agree with them. We, we need to go ahead and move in a different direction. And that's not how they came on and signed. Now, that's not a problem if everybody on the ship wants to go in that direction. Okay. It's not a problem if, you know, even if I would say this, because franchises are the same way. Sometimes franchises will say we're, we are this way. And then as the franchise grows, they change and you can decide as a a part of that franchise, am I good with this change or is this not what I signed up for? And you can change. Um, If you decide you want to continue with a new direction, by all means, but the problem comes in where you're saying, this is not what I signed up for. This is not what I want. And so you're at another crossroads where you have to pivot. And uh, it, it became a little testy, became a little tumultuous. And, you know, we had to make, we had to go ahead and properly, legally go ahead and, dissolve assets or kind of allocate different things to where it was a benefit to both parties. And basically both parties not necessarily came out super excited, but we got what we needed to. And then it was a rebuilding. It was a rebuilding phase. Once again, pivoting. Many entrepreneurs, they're like, we're coasting, we're coasting, we're coasting. And then something happens. And then all of a sudden we're like, what is going on? And it almost wipes you out sometimes. It can wipe out some companies. I mean, Blockbuster, yeah, they, they didn't pivot. <laughs> they did they, not pivot they, in time. They thought Netflix was a joke. Like, who's going to want this? And now Netflix has got its own catchphrases and everything as if it was, it's always been around. Yeah. I mean, I remember seeing Blockbuster boxes 
uh, you know, like the red box ones, yeah. when they realized too late that yeah. it was, that's, that was, uh, the direction they should have gone in. And they were, I remember listening to people, uh, the blockbuster employees making fun of Netflix, <laughs> Netflix, they will never, whatever. And then all of a sudden all the blockbusters are closed. Now there's and, only one. And I think it's in Alaska. Yeah. And that's like a that's, novelty. Yeah, that's that's sort of it. I still have my blockbuster card just in case. You never know. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not happening, bro. But, uh, you might you sell got, that. That's a, that's you might sell great, that. Make some money. That's a great uh, example of when big corporations think they're too big to pivot, and Blockbuster didn't pivot. Toys R Us is gone. They're closing down yeah. J.C. Penney's faster than they were mm-hmm. building them. Anyone mm-hmm. remember Circuit City? Mm. Anyone out there remember what Media a Circuit Play? City is? Uh, Sam Goodies, uh, Radio Shack. We can keep going on and on. Yeah, the Shack <laughs> going on and on down the list. Uh, but if you're not pivoting in business, you will eventually get taken out. That's just how it goes. No one's been able to, to fight that, especially when you have monster Debo sized bullies like Amazon popping mm, up and mm, who are mm. literally willing to kamikaze their own business to make sure you fail. Right. You've got to pivot. You've got to make sure you're standing out and you're not just letting that change. Don't fight the change. Adjust to it. That's, yes. that's just the best thing you can do. Adjust to it and make sure that the adjustment is the right direction. If it's not, pivot again. Just keep making little tweaks. You don't have to make drastic moves. And I always like to remind people the reason why you're coming up against these type of obstacles is because you're growing. If you're not coming up against obstacles every three, six months or a year, if you go a whole year and you haven't hit an obstacle, take a week off, something's wrong, analyze something because you're heading for failure or something huge is about to knock you on your ass. So you've got to make sure you're always facing new challenges because that's how you grow. Um, my favorite, uh, book is, uh, written by Ray Kroc and he describes mm. why he always wanted to stay green. He never wanted to become ripe. As he said, he always wanted to stay green because when you're green, that means you're growing. Yes. You're always growing. Once you hit ripeness, you're dying, you're failing, you're going. Oh, yeah. So he tried to stay green his whole life. And, you know, I was talking about being a seal entrepreneur Ray Kroc started later in life. You know, he used to sell Dixie Cups. He was an amazing pianist. He did a lot of things before he started slinging burgers. And uh, maybe you haven't found the thing that you're meant to do yet and you're in something else. That's fine. That is perfectly fine. Go through the phases. You know, you weren't always just about fitness. You've always been about fitness, but fitness wasn't always the end goal. About mm-hmm. a Mm-hmm. Um, make Shay blush here, but I remember one Lord day. Lord have mercy. Here we one go. Day I'm, you I'm never relaxing. know what he's going. You never know what he's going to say. Here we go. All right. <laughs> I've got. This is why I keep the footage, man. <laughs> one day I'm relaxing. I'm flipping through the channels, right, and I, it something just catches my eye. I used to do photography. It only <laughs> oh takes God, literally <laughs> two frames for me to recognize something because that's just um, how we're trained. And I flip back and I was like, wait, I got DVR at the time. I'm rewinding. And I take a picture and I'm like, Shay, is this you? This really looks like you. I'm watching Ray Donovan and guess whose image I see in the opening credits? <laughs> Shay. Another time I'm, uh, I'm at the gym and I'm working. I was like, I feel like someone's watching me. So I look up from my spin class <laughs> and guess whose face is staring at me, you know, oh 10 feet gosh. by 20 on the wall. <laughs> Shay, I'm going to the store to buy some shoes. 
And guess who is a life-size cutout in the front of Champs? Uh, I think we got a couple of those. Yeah. We took a couple of those <laughs> before they before they clear. And they just get rid of those. They like, do. once they're done with that, two weeks later, they throw them away. Exactly. So, <laughs> Shay has, is around. And if you've seen him, you'll have that, oh, I feel like I've seen him before. Chances are you have. If you've watched TV or gone to a gym or cracked open a magazine with any type of uh, muscle-related oh topic, I can't even, I can't, he's been in there. Uh, Shay was... <laughs> Uh, stand-in, an actor, a model, fitness model. He's all over. So got to go through various phases to find where you are. His it's just so all funny. ended up being publicly distributed through the world and are still out there. But, yeah, you never know what's going to happen. You, you know what's really funny about that, too? And I say this to hopefully encourage any entrepreneur out there. Um, believe it or not, that was, yeah, that was during my phase where I was like, I want to model, you know, and, and, who knows? Maybe I'll still do it. And there's always opportunity. That's another example. Of some You can get late into that and just take off and how our journeys kind of go in different directions. But I wanted to model and, you know, I was through modeling and you know how it is as a model. You start out, you have a photographer, maybe you catch their eye. They want to do a photo shoot for free for you. And maybe they're not the best, but there's somebody with a camera. Right. And then you hopefully get a few good shots that get um catch the eye of a better photographer and the same thing a better photographer better photographer better photographer and you're hoping that maybe you know because like you said you're a model you're starting out you don't really have maybe that much money to go ahead and pay for the big wigs you want to work your way up and eventually I caught the eye of somebody who wanted to do stock photos and I had never heard of stock photos before and it's not like she said well I'm going to do stock photos off the top you know, as she sold it, said, I want to do a fitness concept. And I was like, awesome. That's what I want to do. And her pictures are amazing. I mean, she's a great photographer, a great photographer. And, uh, you know, she's like, I just need you to sign this. Always read what you're signing. Always read what you're signing, Very guys. Important. Always read what you're signing. And um, so I signed and it was like, oh, we're just going to use it for stock photos. I was like, I'm cool. I'm getting some some amazing ballerific photos. You know, what do I care? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Now, this is all the things that I mentioned. The opening scene for Ray Donovan, the life-size cutouts for champs, the monument walls and various LA fitness and sports establishments. <laughs> Not a single penny made it back to Shea. I didn't make a single penny. The person that made all the money was the photographer who put um, all those photos from, I think it was three different looks three or two different looks uh, or three or two different shoots. I don't even remember. And she put them on the website um, and for a stock website and she made a killing. And I was used for a lot of stuff. Gatorade, when they first were doing their yep. G2, whatever, yep. they uh, they photoshopped my head. They actually wanted me bald on that one. That's when I had a head full of hair. Uh, G Factor or something. I think they're now G Force or something like that for nutrition supplements. They're, they've used a couple of mine. Um, the most, I would say the most prominent would be the champs one during football season. And also the, uh, I would say LA fitness has to be the one I'm yeah, the, cause LA, the LA fitness one is still there. The They're LA fitness in- one, the LA fitness one is still there. And the funny thing was I did that while I was in an LA fitness. Well, the manager at the time let me come in on a Sunday and I came in with that photographer and we did a couple shoots just using the gym and uh, I got on the bike. I, I never cycled or anything like that. And I got on the bike and um, it's so crazy that 
the gym that I was working at, the gym that I actually, at that time, I don't think I was, I wasn't working at the gym then, but a gym that I was uh, taking the photos at, they ended up purchasing stock photos to make it part of their banner. So if you've ever seen, I'm the black guy that's riding the bike in your spin class. Um, and nobody would know that, you know, I'm just an average dude. And some people would get bitter about it. As an entrepreneur, you have to learn. It's hard. It's, it's easier said than done sometimes not to be bitter about the life experiences that are offer, you, offer you an opportunity to pivot. And, um, you know, same thing. We then became separate from, we had uh, grown to uh, several locations and I just knew at the end of the kind of the negotiations about splitting with the, those current partners that I wanted my baby. I wanted the original location, the original one that started it all. That's the one I wanted. And, um, you know, it was a setback by all means. It was a setback, but then you, as we had that fighting spirit again, that same spirit of hunger of hustle that we were grinding going all the way to piedmont again it was like we're back to basics going back to that same energy driving to from brook run to piedmont to swanee to it just came back and by this time i had my brother on with me and uh, he had changed his what he was doing and he said i'm with you and we had the great thing is are you gonna get tired yes but if you have a good support group of people that want the same thing you want or want you to succeed for real want your vision to be to be uh realized it makes those long nights those sit in front of computer um times those times where you're saying like am i still doing the right thing it makes it a little easier to go ahead and um you know bear and move forward and to see like hey you know what we're gonna do and now we're where we have we're built up again we're making plans to do even greater things. We've pivoted. We, we've been able to shelf off the negativity so we can force, uh, force the energy the way it needs to be. And, I mean, we're super excited for the things that are about to come out. Yeah, super I, I, excited. Well, I'm excited for you, and we can't talk about them now, but maybe yeah. in a year or so. Yeah. But, uh, I believe it was Guy Kiyosaki, he, was, he did an interview, and they said, if you lost everything tomorrow, what would happen? And he said, I'd make it back in a fourth of the time. Yeah. And the interviewer asked why. I said, because I've already gone through it. Exactly. I've already learned. I've exactly. already made the mistakes. I know exactly, exactly what to do, who to talk to, the pitfalls to avoid. <laughs> exactly. And that's what happens. You've gone through multiple changes. So true. So multiple true. Multiple shifts, multiple major pivots. And then you came to this point in time and you're stronger than ever in a quarter of the time, if even less than that, than it did for you to go through everything. And one of the major things I want to uh, touch on here. And have you explain a bit more is I always try to tell people, you've got to get people invested in you. You've got to invest in yourself first before anyone else can care. And once you invest in yourself, get others to invest in you and become offer something really tangible and just honest. And I think you do that amazingly well by embedding yourself in the community. You mentioned you won best in Gwinnett, but you don't just win best in Gwinnett by having everyone lose 50 pounds, mm -hmm. you're even mm -hmm. doing Kroger tours. You're yeah. going above and beyond. Yeah. You want to talk about that? You've even got on a shirt right now with some really cool sponsors <laughs> yeah, and stuff. Yeah, that you've yeah, about. yeah. Um, you know, it, I think that comes mainly from just how we were raised, my brother and I, and, and just how we really do value the entrepreneurial spirit. I mean, we're in a great country where we can do that, you know, and I think that's really cool. And for the people who are hungry, they can you can thrive and so you see other companies other groups doing great amazing things 
I think you need to celebrate that, you know, and it goes back to kind of LinkedIn with you supporting that one, that other entrepreneur and kind of saying, hey, the more of us out there, the better. There's so many negative in the world where you can see good things going on. Why not support that? Why not? Not because you have anything to gain, but just because you want to see that thing thrive. And that goes back to having people really be invested in you. And I think people can sense genuine, like, they sense that myself and my brother are genuine. We're not perfect. That's, genuine is different from perfect. Yeah. Genuine means that you mean well, that you genuinely you care about what's going on, and it's not a, it's not a game. It's not a facade. It's not fake. It's not well. I'm gonna look like I care about you as a trainer just so I can get more people. It's like we genuinely want you to be successful. Because um, as I said before, the part about personal training is the personal. That's what steps apart from just normal training. And so we decided we wanted to get into schools because, let's face it, we're not, you know, fitness and health is not really being talked about as much as it used to be. Gym classes not. are being cut. Health programs are being slashed. And it's either you're in sports or you're not doing anything. And, uh, you know, we wanted to get in there. And even if it's just to read, to help the educators get that downtime to maybe get that mental fitness where they're, they, they're taking time to do their planning and everything, we wanted to help. We wanted people to see that fitness is a profession you can get into. Fitness is a profession that it's just regular people like me and you that can be excited about, and these kids would see it. Um, we wanted to partner with a, a group that, was helping the community as well, where basically they would take in, uh, um, you know, families and basically help rehabilitate the home through their program. And, you know, it was just one of those passions that we had. We said we want to help them. They have a run that they do every year. Uh, it's Eagle Ranch uh, and Flowery Branch, and they do amazing work with uh, kind of like broken homes and helping people just kind of find themselves, find that journey and find it together as a family or find it as individuals. And so, yeah, we devoted our time, but well, not because of anything we would gain, right, but just because we're super passionate about it. Even our races, a lot of times we donate to that group because we just think that these are things that you should do. If you, my opinion is if you can help, you should. If you can help, you should. And, you know, it's easier said than done because there's so many people that take advantage of that. But I still have the school of thought that, hey, you may not get it back right away. You may not get it back ever. But I'm the type of person that if you're my friend or I care about you, I'm going to help you. I'm going to see where I can. I'm going to help you. It may not always be I'm going to give you cash. It may be I'm going to give you my time. It may like, you know, Rashid saw me. He was like, hey. I just want I just want to be fed real quick and I got you covered, bro. And you know, had had Rashid been like, well, okay, so here's what's gonna happen. Um, I'm gonna charge you $125 per hour, and uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I can give you a discount rate of it. You know, but Rashid never really even questioned. He's like, dude, I want to see you succeed, and I think that's what's so cool about me watching you blow up. You know, you changed from photography, and you were just like, he said. You know, his end game was so much bigger than photography. Pivoting, I mean, changing from photography was a pivot. And he ended up doing a barbecue thing. And I was like, yeah, you doing food thing? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. It's nice. I mean, yeah. And before that, you were doing photography for, uh, you were doing weddings. You were yeah. doing photography for commercial properties. Yeah, I was doing stuff for, so a little bit more backstory that wasn't in my intro. Like I said, I'm a, I'm a serial entrepreneur, so... I used to, I, this, my whole photography journey started with me being a editor at 
uh, Jezebel magazine. Yes. Tuxedo Road. This is way back when. I actually d- got denied a job at Spanx as their editor. <laughs> so I actually just went across the street and applied at Jezebel and I got hired on. And I was doing edits uh, there. I would do like the who's hot stuff and do some of the edits for Tuxedo Road. And my buddy Lee told me one day, he's like, if you ever learn to photograph as well as you edit, you'd be a monster. So I went on Craigslist and I bought a camera the next day and none of my friends had time to teach me how to shoot. So I literally just took a light, a lamp and put it in the corner of my bedroom and my office chair and I took a photo, changed the setting, took a photo, changed the setting, took a photo, changed the setting. And I'm not joking. I did that every single day after work until I learned what I was doing. And then I started going out there trying to shoot things, shooting everyone that I possibly, possibly could. And I just learned. And there's a lot in between then and me getting these big gigs that I'll touch on in other uh, podcasts. But it ended up with me being able to travel the world, shooting for the major brands like The Wit, The the Ritz, uh, The W, uh, Starwood. Uh, I photographed celebrities. I, my first big shoot was shooting Miguel before he was Miguel. I've shot. I thought it was me. Well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> well that, technically, yeah, considering where you ended up on TV and so Re- forth. Remember, yeah. though, that one shoot that you did um, at a park? And you did like two of you basically made two of me. Uh, yes, yes. You changed a, the color and everything I, like I, that. I'd submitted. Uh, I'd gotten tapped from someone at Nike, and I had submitted a few concept pieces for that as well, which is great. And I still want to do that. I still want to have that uh, concept promo done. I think it would be an amazing one. And I think you know I've talked about it before that. Sometimes your ideas aren't bad ideas. It's just not the time for them. I feel Absolutely. like the time for that idea Absolutely. Is, is coming up. And Absolutely. That's so true. That's so true. Literally hounding Shay for years to put together some <laughs> oh, sort no. of digital Here we content. Go. <laughs> digital content for fitness. Because now it's all out there. Yeah. Everyone and their mom yep. has some digital content for fitness. Mm-hmm. But I was suggesting this way back when we were on the fields of... Of, of, of Piedmont and maybe you know back then wasn't the time and maybe right now isn't the time but with the things coming it could be something very useful absolutely absolutely uh, definitely something to think of absolutely but I just want to before we get going I want to ask you to give some advice what would be your top three pieces of advice for someone who wants to get into fitness and in become an entrepreneur in any field just off of the years of experiences the, the ups and downs what what top three things would you say if we could go back and talk to ourselves before we unloaded those hundreds and hundreds of pounds of kettlebells and talk to ourselves back then? What I'll go after you, but what would you tell oh, us back man. then? man. So your answer is going to sound better than mine. Exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I, and I may, I may do poorly because uh, I'm passionate about it, so I may go on a rant, and I may poorly answer the three things, but go I would it. say... For sure, know that you're serious about this. It's kind of like a marriage for, uh, you know, t- for better or worse. Too many times in any, I think human beings these days, too many times we see something glamorous and we don't think about the work that it takes to get there. We often just see ourselves on the victory lap, the victory tour. And we say, well, that could be me too. I mean, let's even take it back to school. 
too many times everybody sees the graduation in their head or being valedictorian. They don't think about the times that you pass up parties, the times that you're studying that extra hour. They don't think about the work that it is going to, you know, be put in. We just see the end result. So know that when you know why you're doing it and know that you really want to do it because and do it for the right reasons and know that you're going to go ahead and have hard times and know that no matter what, you're not going to let those hard times shake you off. Um, another advice is always be hungry and willing to learn. Okay. Always be hungry and willing to learn. And when I say that, I want to explain that because some people think that always be hungry means just do anything and everything still obviously in line with your vision, still obviously in line with your ultimate goal. And then it kind of dictates what you will go after and what you will learn. I wanted a website for my fitness thing. So I didn't say, I'm not doing digital media. I'm not going to build a website. It was still in line with what is the goal? I want to have my boot camp company. So for me to have a boot camp company, I needed a website. So for me to do that, I learned how to make websites. And it's it served me well. It's a skill that still today I make the graphics for the majority of what we have. I mean, we have this one boot camp extreme that we're going to put it's my skills that I learned from Photoshop. The skills that you learn from photography has served you well, you know, in, in just making your food. I mean, people pay a lot of money for that, but then they may not even capture it the way that you want. So always be willing to learn and, and progress. Even as a young trainer, there was a guy that was a trainer. He, um, he wasn't a trainer at our gym, but he was a trainer that would just work out at our gym because he, you know, wanted to be away from his natural environment, just work out. And he was slinging around kettlebells. I had never seen kettlebells before. And all these other trainers were making fun of him. What is he doing? He's slinging around stuff. Now, what is it? CrossFit, everybody, we all sling kettlebells. Mm -hmm. And he was slinging it back when it was not popular. Back when it was like, I learned this from a Turkish man in Russia and all this. And I said, can, you, can you teach me what that is? And they're like, look at Shay. He's doing this, this workout. Man, that was a crazy workout. I was always off balance. I, I, I stunk at it. But it, I was able to add it to my, my arsenal. And that makes you unique. That makes you, you know, not dangerous, but it makes you have that thing that nobody can quite replicate. And always know that if your heart is in it, the journey will be worth it. Um, because, and I would say, and I, you know, and I just came up with that with the spot because I was thinking, about, I was like, you know what? You reminded me just of so much ups and downs, ups and downs, ups and downs. I remember when people were talking about, I mean, in any business, people will talk about you, slander you. And sometimes you'll make missteps that give them the ammo to do that. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's something that you're not even doing, but it's just people. You know, if we were dealing, if business was all about machines, it'd be so simple, but people, you know, and anything to make them look better. Some people like, unlike you, Rashid, you're, you're, you're the type of person who's like, I'm gonna help you. But some people will say, I'm gonna hurt you because I want to make sure that I look better. But even with still with all that ups and downs, we had a pivot. We went from being two locations to back to one, to being super successful again, to, uh, you know, and even earlier, having one location in a gym in uh, Piedmont and, and then another location at uh, Parks and having to get kicked out because they had already had a contract with a, the some city. Other training, some yeah. other training had it and they were like, they ran us off the, <laughs> oh, they ran us off the, the, uh, the, the park. Still, with all that, because I love what I do, the journey has been worth it. Make sure you know you love what you're doing. Um, even if it's just a, I think it's going to be an extreme opportunity, love it. Enjoy that journey. Because at the end of it, it will be worth it. Yeah, I, 
agree. I agree. Man, now I got a tough act to follow right there. Whatever. <laughs> Here we go. Here uh, we go. I guess, I guess, you know, from that line of work, from that experience, I would have to say one of the top things that you always want to consider, whether you're going to do fitness or barbecue or photography or real estate or what have you, uh, I touched on this before, is be very careful whom you share your dreams and your passion with. Mm, so be, big. Be very, very careful because... Um, there, there, we're few and far between. Like I said, uh, I, I could decide to open up a gym tomorrow and I know I could go to Shane. He'd help me every single step of the way. It Absolutely. wouldn't be a competition thing, but there are going to be some individuals that, uh, you mentioned that you want to go ahead and follow your path and they immediately shut you down. Mm-hmm. No. Why would you do that? Mm-hmm. You sound crazy. Mm-hmm. That sounds stupid. I just always like to revert back to there was a a lot of people don't know this about me, but I love the Wright brothers because the Wright brothers showed me that anything in the world is possible. Could you imagine being the neighbor of the Wright brothers and you guys are talking and you hear them say, hey, we're about to build a plane to go fly. And you just look at them like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. Keep in mind how crazy that would have sounded at that time. That's the equivalent of me saying, I just built a time machine now. That's the level of crazy that was that, hey, two tons minimum is flying through the air. (laughs) <laughs> and, you know, people were bashing them, saying how stupid and wild and no. But that's what happens here. You say you want to become a, a, a trainer. You want to have your own fitness franchise, your own uh, business, your own barbecue company. You want to have a real estate company. You want to be a mogul. People immediately want to douse your flame before you've even started. So be very careful who you communicate your goals oh, and man. your dreams with. Um that is that is crazy when we come in there too. You know, another aspect of that as well too is sometimes the people that you tell your dreams to, not only are they telling you you're crazy, but they're secretly sitting there saying to themselves, hmm, that might be a good idea. And oh, they're, yeah, and they're working and they're working on their end while they're discouraging you to go ahead and do the same thing. How many times have we had our, our you know, like competition races with major companies where they were trying to come out with the next new thing at the same time? Yep. Um, you have to be careful who you share it with. Sometimes I've learned it's better to just duck your head down and just go at it. Mm-hmm. And they will find out what you were trying to do when you're doing it and when it's in their face. But yeah, be careful who you tell. That's such a good one. You're talking about it. You had to follow a hard act to follow because <laughs> hits would have been a better one on the first one. No, I'm just saying, <laughs> and, and second would be humble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stay yep. humble. I put mm-hmm. it up there uh, the other day. Um, Downplay your success and showcase your mistakes um, because the mistakes are what everyone's going to know you for more so than the success and those mistakes mm. help you grow. Mm. You need to fail. Mm-hmm. Okay, You have to fail. I thrive off failing. I literally made an 84 video series of nothing but failures every single day. Mm. I, I thrive off failing because failure means I'm not being complacent. I'm growing and I'm learning something new. So be humble, downplay your success, showcase your mistakes because more people will relate to you via your mistakes than your success. And that's very, very important. And and third and final, it would just be don't get too wrapped up in trying to only get to the finish line. Hmm. You've got to go through phases. No one starts a race and one step they're there. You've got to go through phases there and people get there at different paces at different intervals and you can't compare yourself to them. You can't compare your chapter one to someone's 20. 
You know, that's, Absolutely. that's, that's not, that's not possible. They, they may be on a completely different volume and you finally get to chapter 20 with them and you're like, wait, how are you still ahead? Oh, that was chapter 20 on volume 10. I'm chapter 20, <laughs> volume one. Mm-hmm. You've got to, you've got to remember it is a progress. Sometimes it's slow, sometimes it's fast, but progress, not perfection. Don't get caught up in the end goal alone. Celebrate those little wins. Like Shay said, he wanted to have a fitness brand, a fitness company, a fitness empire. If we had just left LA Fitness and walked outside into a expanded franchise and community built surrounding, would have crashed and burned. Mm. Wouldn't have made it. You have to go through those phases. You have to go through those lessons. Everyone pays their dues, pay yours. Now, Shay, how can these people find you? How can they learn more about what you're doing with the community? Give them all the socials. Okay. Um, So, you know, our... Our boot camp location is a Buford Fit Body. So you can just look up Buford Fit Body on Instagram, Buford Fit Body on uh, Facebook, and you'll find us. Um, you can find me at, I want to say it's the underscore Shay underscore Diggs um, on Instagram. And you can find me linked through that as well, through our Fit Body as well. I'm always posted on there. And it's just a few things that, you know, I'm on. And, Right now, actually, now that I think about it, we always kind of try to do different initiatives and different things where we're donating mainly to the military. So we'll have something linked up with that. But mainly Instagram, Facebook, and you can find us through there. And Buford is spelled B-U-F-O-R-D. And that's uh, Buford Fit Body. Wonderful, wonderful. Shay, man, thank you so much for coming out here, for sharing I appreciate your experience, you, man. Your, your, your thoughts. Uh, I'm hoping that if you have felt uh, inspired by this episode, that you go ahead and you act on that inspiration. That's what it's for. And thank you guys so much for tuning in. Please like, subscribe, share, pass this along to a friend that you feel like really needs to hear it. And truly, truly do appreciate all the feedback and the welcoming. Thanks for listening to the Entre Podcast. I'm your host, Rashid Phillips. Have a great day.